This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. get to your house. I'm coming from some other place in the woods. I said, well, put any address in in your GPS. It's going to bring me to my house. Does that make sense? All the roads are going to lead to my house. (laughs) If all the roads led to my house, I wouldn't be living there. Okay. (laughs) All the traffic, who knows? Or you say, lady, how can I reach you? What's your phone number? Dial any seven numbers. You're going to reach me. Do all roads lead to heaven? No. You need a king in order to enter the kingdom. Your path to Jesus might look different than another's journey. Whether you met Jesus in your second grade Sunday school class or in a jail cell on your 40th birthday, the important thing is that you met Jesus. There's many different journeys to Him, but He is the only way to eternal life. Today, Pastor Eddie reminds you that eternal life is serious because not all will enter into it. The choices that you make here on earth matter and have eternal consequences. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Danger of Falling Away. Does the Holy Spirit work with unbelievers? Absolutely. Parallel. The three words that we use to describe how the Holy Spirit works. Para. Parakletos is the Holy Spirit. Para. P-A-R-A. We get the word paralegal. Paramedic. Parallel parking. Right? The Holy Spirit came alongside you and shared with you, brought conviction to your heart and let you know that you need Jesus Christ. You cannot live without Christ. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven without Christ. And so you followed that conviction and now you come to the cross and you repented. At that very moment, you followed the Holy Spirit who is power alongside you. The Holy Spirit comes in you. The Greek word is E-N. English is I-N. Greek is E-N comes in you now. Now you're born again. You are a child of God. You are saved. And then when we get to the day of Pentecost, you get the word upon, the Holy Spirit been upon you. The Greek word is epi, E-P-I. Okay? The Holy Spirit is upon them to service. Now, that's what we need. If you never pray for the Holy Spirit to be upon you, I ask you, you pray. Make sure he's in you. Make sure you receive Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is only for those who believe. Now the Holy Spirit come upon you for the work of service. Okay, so that's how the Holy Spirit works. So they've been once in lion, tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Then next they have tasted the good word of God. In other words, they tasted the word It's no longer milk to them. Maybe it's more like me. Okay, so now, wow, man, that's great. Paul, give me another verse. Or, hey, what did Jesus say? Go to Matthew. Matthew, tell us a little bit more about Jesus. John, tell me more about Jesus. Yes. And they hear the word. About the word, Jesus Christ. Then, uh, when it talks about the taste of the word of God and the power of the age to come, many people skip over that. But it's referring to the age to come in the future kingdom of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. 
He's coming again in the powers of the kingdom. It's talking about the miracles. Now, these Jews, these first uh, readers of Hebrews, you know, they were Jews. They heard from the great, great, great how God delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt and all the miracles that God has done. They themselves have probably witnessed the miracles of the apostles. The birth of the church already started. They saw the miracles, the signs and wonders of all the apostles and even Apostle Paul. And so the Hebrew Christians have witnessed the apostles' signs and wonders that those will be reproduced in the millennium kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so they saw the miracles. And so now we already know verses 4 and 5, but let's look at the beginning of verse 4 and put it together with verse 6. It says, for it is impossible. What's impossible? For those, if, verse 6, they fall away. Fall away, not fallen, fallen away, another direction, to renew them again to repentance. It's impossible. The word impossible here is the same way that the writer here has been using the word impossible, okay? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4, it says, for it is not possible, it is the same Greek word, by the way, impossible, that the blood of bulls and goats can take away our sins. We know that. Our sins have been washed away by not the blood of bulls and goats, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, it says, but without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what are you saying? I'm going to drive this in right here. It is impossible to find repentance through a sacrificial system that they were used to. That was it. They were thinking of going back. You can't do it that way. It is only through Christ. It is impossible. They fall away. They're going back to the sacrifice. It's impossible to renew them again to repentance in Christ because they found something else instead of Christ. They were believers. They have fallen away. So we know there's only through Christ, the work of the cross, that we are saved. If you return, what he's saying, if you return back to Judaism, back to the sacrificial system, you have, in effect, rejected Jesus Christ. You crucify him again and put him to open shame. And so by going back to the sacrificial system is of no, what they're saying, the work that Jesus done, his sacrifice is no value to them. How do we come to Christ? Through repentance, because we believe he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. That is the only way, no other way. And we live in the world that they want many ways to go to heaven. That's pluralism. Where they say all roads go to heaven. No, you're wrong. It doesn't make sense logically. If you ask me, hey, Eddie, how do I get to your house? I'm coming from some other place in the woods. I said, well, put any address in in your GPS. It's going to bring me to my house. Does that make sense? All the roads are going to lead to my house. (laughs) If all the roads led to my house, I wouldn't be living there, okay? (laughs) All the traffic, who knows? Or you say, Eddie, how can I reach you? What's your phone number? Dial any seven numbers. You're going to reach me. Do all roads lead to heaven? No. You need a king in order to enter the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, not one of the ways. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so when we look at all these views, I believe that the fourth view fits best with context and the totality of Scripture. 
Now, you may say, well, Eddie, okay, this is almost 2,000 years ago. How does this apply for me? I'm not, I'm a Gentile believer, but not a Jewish believer. And it's applicable for us, because though we may not have that Jewish background of rituals and religion, we can walk away from our faith. Not lose, we're going, to t- we're going to talk a little bit about that, but you can walk away. And I've known many people who have walked away from their faith. I have known people who accepted Jesus Christ in tears and for many years were passionate, knew scripture. Later on to tell me after I caught up with them some years, find out I don't believe Jesus Christ is the way anymore. It's heartbreaking. But it happens. What I've told the person, oh, once saved, always saved. <laughs> I don't believe that. You know that. We're going to go over that cliche as well. And we were dealing with a doctrine here and some theological issues, and it's important for us to understand what it is to accept Jesus Christ and stay the course and not fall away or walk away. If a believer in Jesus Christ leaves his or her salvation and believes that there is something better or another way, then they have walked away. You could change your mind. How many times we change our mind? Very often, don't we? We change our mind. And that's because it's your prerogative, right? God's given you a free will. Your free will didn't, 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 you know, was taken away from you when you accepted Christ. You still have a free will. Is it possible that some, just like Jewish believers, you leave the favor of Gentiles? Yes. Now, we touched a lot of, of these theological issues. We look at these view, and there's a lot of interpretation. I'm, you know, there are other views of this. I just don't think it's a, I think it's a waste of time, um, but there are more. But I think when we deal with something like this, you know, there are things like those Christian cliches that are really, a, some are helpful. They're nice. They're cute. They, oh, wow, that's a nice cliche. Oh, you're smart. You're spiritual. You know, you guys get all these cliches. Some of them are are all right, but a lot of them are not helpful at all. For example, the cliche, God help those who help themselves, found in the book of Benjamin Franklin, chapter 1, verse 1. Because God, that was Benjamin Franklin who came up with that, that cliche, that phrase. It was, it's not biblical. God's not going to help you because you help yourself. Okay, I'm going to go to Walmart, and I heard there's like a five-finger discount, so I could just going to go in my bag, and yeah, God, I'm going to help myself. God, help me. Come on, I need another bag. No. You know, it's God's will. You live based on God's will. It's not by, you know. And so there are two that are not helpful. Uh, and, and because they're not biblical, uh, it's open for criticism. It's open for That's going to have no problem. I hear people who, were, who lived off those phrases, lose your salvation, once saved, always saved. That when I say I don't believe in that, they go, oh, what? what kind of Christian are you? The one that reads the Bible the one that knows that that is not in the Bible, maybe is a half-truth, but we know a half-truth is what? A whole lie. So we need to know the word of God. So the one save always save, it, it implies that one can never fall away. One can never leave. One can never renounce their faith. And I say, well, oh, I'm saved. How do you know? Well, I said the sinner's prayer about 10 years ago. But what have you done since that? I... I don't know. I'm saved. Tag, I'm in. I'm, I'm part of the crew. I was predestined anyway. It doesn't really matter how I live my life. And it's sad because that's a dangerous cliche, a dangerous doctrine. Another one, losing your salvation. I don't understand that one. 
And I have to admit, I, I've used that years ago, years ago. You know, you lose your wallet, you lose your keys. I lost my, where did, where did I put my salvation? Did I, I know at the cross, I repented when I turned around. Oh, was it when I went to the bar? Oh, was it in the party? Or when I committed sexual immorality? Where, where did I lose my salvation? You don't lose your salvation. You walk away from it. And so when people say, hey, you fall away. We find many passages about this. As a matter of fact, you know, there is eternal security, but it has to do with God's faithfulness, his mercy, and his grace. It has nothing to do with you. We are the problem. He would never leave us nor forsake us, but we can walk away, drift away, the first warning, right? In chapter 2 of Hebrews, we could have an unbelief and then fall away, not fall down because we could get back up. But we may walk away and say, I don't believe in Christ anymore. It's all based on belief in order to be saved, right? You have to follow through. What did Jesus say? He said in John chapter 10, verse 28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. (sighs) No one can take you out of Jesus' hand, but you can just go, you know what, Lord? Uh, You know, I'm tired of this. Bye. See you later. It happens. It doesn't say you. He said nothing. And when we look at these scriptures, we look at it, you know, we think, okay, I'm secure. No, but you're the problem. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. There's one, this is great. This is awesome. But here's the thing. You're not included in this list. I'm not included in the list. It doesn't say, even if Eddie doesn't want to, I'm sorry. But Lord, I don't want to follow you anymore. I'm sorry, once saved, always saved. You're stuck with me, pal. Do you see? Your free will did not end at the cross. You still have a free will. You still have a free will. And so just like the Hebrews and the Jews, they were trying to find something else. They, they already found repentance in Christ. It's the only way. It's impossible for them to repent with God any other way. You can walk away from your salvation. You can't lose it. Once saved, always saved. Sorry. We see this over and over again about those departing from the faith. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Paul says this, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. In order to depart from something, you had to be a part of something. Okay, look it up in the dictionary. You don't have to look at the Greek in that one. You have to be a part of something in order to not be a part of it. Jesus gave us the illustration about the vine in John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branch. He's speaking to you. Christians, believers, followers, disciples. He who abide in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Oh, I thought God helped those who help themselves. No, here it says differently. Without him, I can't do anything. Verse 6, if anyone does not, Abide in me. Underline that in your Bibles. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. It gives you the picture of fire and they are burned. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by cliches. If you live 
your Christian walk by cliches, you're in danger. Study your Bible, see what it says. Perfect example, I'll give you the illustration of, of, of Peter and Judas. They both were disciples of Christ, okay? They both walked with Christ. They served with Christ. They did miracles with Christ. They both denied Christ. However, there's a difference. Peter repented. The Lord used him. One of the apostles of the church gave one of the longest sermons in the New Testament in, in, in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost. The Lord used him. The Lord restored him. The Holy Spirit was not only in him, but upon him. What happened with Judas? Judas re- felt terrible for what he did. He said, I cannot take this money, the money that he was paid off to betray Christ. He took that money, threw it in the temple as to say, here's my sacrifice in the temple. I did wrong. I want to make right. Here it is. You can't be right that way. Because there are people who know that they sin. They know they have done wrong. And you can feel bad about sin. That doesn't make you safe. It's turning away from your sin. It's repenting from your sin. Judas did not repent. That's the thing. He was guilty to the point where he committed suicide. Okay? So they both followed Christ. In other words, we would say they both were saved, if you will. They were following Jesus. Who, I mean, how close can you get to God? And all the evidence was there. And how often we look at the, at the church today, believers in Jesus Christ, you know he's real. And we take the word for granted. We take our salvation for granted. Thinking that, oh, I'm safe. I'm okay. I, I did the ritual. Yeah, I did this. I said the sinner's prayer. I go to church every now and then. I score points with God, and we're good. We're good. Not understanding that it's more than just that. Repent means to change mind, change the heart, the will. And when that happens, there should be some examples. There should be a, a evidence that you believe what you believe in, the reason why you repented. Is the change of mind, heart, and will that results in an external change. You don't say the words you used to say because you repented. You turned around. You changed your will. You changed your mind of thinking. I don't want to do that. You don't commit adultery, sex outside of marriage. Why? Because it's a sin. And then you start, I don't want to do that anymore. I repent. I want to be right with God. I don't want to, you know, take the advantage of the Lord. God sees all things. And so you live your life in faith because you honor him who saved you. And it's through Christ and through Christ alone. And so can we fall away? Absolutely. We can. Create us free moral agents. Okay? We see that in scriptures. As a matter of fact, I just remember this passage. And I, I don't know if I read this before with you. Hebrews chapter 11. Take this for homework. Read it over and over again so you understand what I'm talking about. For those who believe in the one save, always saved cliche, read this. In Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about Israel's past. Hebrews chapter 10, Israel's present state. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9, Israel's past, Israel present and future. Okay, but when he comes to that, this is what he says. This is important. Verse 17, Romans chapter 11, verse 17, it says, it said, and Paul writes, And if some of the branches were broken off, speaking about unbelieving Jews, and you being a wild olive 
olive tree, you're the wild olive branch being grafted into the olive tree, Israel, right? Were gathered in among them and with them became, here's that word, partakers. You see that? We've been grafted in partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Okay, with this little, you know, olive branch going in, right? Verse 18, do not boast against the branches, those that are Jewish believers. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Okay? Jewish believers, y'all grafting in Jews and Gentiles in this trick tree. Now, here it is for those who have been broken off. So you will say then, Christian, Gentile, who's been grafted in, branches were broken off that I may be grafted in. Well said, he said in verse 20, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. Why? I'm once saved, always saved. I'm like one of those branches, you know, the one that stays up in the midair and then the tree dies and you're just right there. How does that branch? No, you, if the tree dies, you die. You, it, it, the way it goes. Anyway, so he goes, you're broken off. You stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. But wait a minute, there's more. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, those who not just fell, but, you know, went away, unbelief. But towards you, goodness. This is it. This is it. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Wait a minute. Once it, you also will be cut off. Why? Because of unbelief, reading in context. So that unbelief could happen. That's why the right of Hebrews is giving us warnings. Warnings are there. If you can't walk away from the Lord, why are there so many warnings? The warnings are there for a reason. Okay. When we look at the warning signs, right? You look at the warning signs. Don't cross over the railroad when you see a train. Hey, once saved, always saved. I don't pay attention to those warnings. I'm just going to go right over the track and just boom, there you get gone. Because you think you're not special. You think the warnings don't apply to you. They're warnings for believers. He's talking to believers. And so that's important for us to understand. You see, we've been saved by Christ, through Christ, and through Christ alone. He will not hold you. He will keep you, okay? He will keep you and never leave you, never forsake you, okay? But he's not going to hold you if you want to leave, okay? And that's what I love about the Lord. He is faithful. And so the whole thing here is, not, again, it's not so much you holding on to God because your grip is not that great. Is God holding on to you? God is the one that I put my trust in. I am internally secure because of God holding me, not because of what I do. Okay? And so that's important. Amen? Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. 
One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race. 